In April 2020, Lottie Conway suffered a life-changing seizure. When she woke up after being rushed to the Conquest Hospital, she had no memory of what had happened to her, but she had very few other memories either. It transpired she had autoimmune encephalitis and was at the start of a long journey to recovery. Even now, almost a year and a half later, she still doesn't know if she will ever get back to the way she was before. Lottie, her boyfriend Aaron Wood and her mum Kate Tim have been talking to Hastings in Focus about how they've dealt with Lottie's condition and how they've countered the moments of despair as part of a loving family unit and with a generous helping of laughter. My name is Stuart Bailey and this is Hastings in Focus. Lottie, this all kicked off for you last April. Um, obviously, everything has to start somewhere, so, mm-hmm. so there was the day that you, you had your seizure. But the build-up to that, what was that like? Was the Did you notice so, anything? It was very sudden. The day before the seizure, I was completely fine, just my normal self. And then the day of the seizure, I was being really odd. I had a strange taste in my eyes, like, I can taste something. I can smell something. It was like, hip. It was weird. I was like, really confused. I said to my boyfriend, I was like, oh, being random, we need to wash the dog when we get home. She stinks. She'd never had a bath or a wash in her life. So (laughs) it was very strange. I was being very vacant. I was just staring into space and I wasn't there and then I had a, a huge seizure it was about well you felt sick didn't you and I had and I came and picked you up mm-hmm. and I thought because they'd been at Aaron's mum I thought they'd been in the sun you know maybe she just hasn't had enough to drink but she was not making sense quite she was saying sentences in the wrong order so anyway I said look go lie down in the cool dark room and then you just did this absolute thousand-yard stare, just staring into the distance, and like you could wave your hand in front of her, and you know the lights were on, but there was absolutely <laughs> no one home. <laughs> and then um, I was phoning one 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 because I was like, I don't know, this is not right, but I don't know what to do. And then I just had the most worst seizure. <laughs> Yeah. Enormous. Enormous. Scream. Yeah, screaming. I mean, like, like the taste and smell, we've since read, haven't we? That's called auras and that's a like signifier. But we didn't know any of that because n- none of us have epilepsy. Or experience you know, yeah. of seizures. So no. it was all very new to us. Mm. And were you aware of what was happening? Were you... No, and I, d- I don't think I even knew I was being weird or funny. I knew I had a taste, but I didn't know I wasn't making sense. I didn't mm. know no. any of that. And so you, I didn't even know you were funny. I mean, she's since, she had a second seizure recently, uh, <laughs> which was a very small yeah. one, very, very mild, um, compared to the first one, which was epic. Um, but when she came round after the <laughs> second one, she was, talking nonsense but as if she was making complete sense and getting really cross with us because we couldn't understand what she was saying and then she she said um i want water and so i got her some water and she went oh for goodness sake not water water (laughs) and it was just very amusing 
But anyway, I digress because the first one was not amusing at all. And if you've never seen something like that before... But the second one, I they found an ambulance again and I had stopped fitting before they got there. But the first one, they were like, oh, she might stop breathing, don't panic, it's fine. Yeah, which when you're holding an oxygen mask on your daughter's face and a paramedic says she might stop breathing. <laughs> I mean, he, uh, yeah. 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 You can't, you that's, can't that's begin to imagine what yeah. that feels like. And because yeah. I'm a funeral celebrant, you know, in my mind, mm. I was almost flashing forward to that. It was yeah. just horrendous. horrendous. And because it was COVID, they took her to the hospital and we couldn't go. Nobody else would be able to come in with you. No. no. And when I was in the hospital, it was every five minutes for about five days on the phone to my boyfriend, my mum. What happened to me? Why am I in here? When can I come home? Why can't you see me? Everything on a loop constantly. Because was that the case that you were, obviously you were having the conversations with them and they were telling you what happened, but that wasn't it would inst- being I'd instantly forget it. So they'd say, oh, you had a seizure, you can come home. And then... I'd find them again. <laughs> Why am I in hospital? What happened to me? They would so, tell me again. <laughs> so, so when you woke up in hospital, or when you you, you arrived in hospital, um, because there was no one, no family, no no support mechanism. I mean, that again must have been quite terrifying. Well, I can't remember, and I can only tell you that I was on a loop because they yeah. told me I can't remember right. being in the hospital. I can't remember any of it. And right. the first four months after I came out of hospital, I can't remember. I mean, when, when she was in the hospital, you know, I phoned at sort of <coughs> half past one in the morning once we'd established that she was there and she was safe and, you know, I phoned. And the guy said to me, she's giving us a lot of trouble, your daughter. <laughs> I was like, she's 19. She doesn't know where she is. You know, she's never been in this circumstance before. I expect she's incredibly confused, you know. And then the next day, I got her phone to her because I could get the phone into the ward and then yeah she was just phoning why am I here and it, I mean it was just heartbreak why can't you come and see me <laughs> that makes me cry now because it was so heartbreaking and you know we didn't know at this point what this even was you know and whether she was ever going to even that bit we didn't yes. know is this going to get better yep. it was just horrific and then then we went up, didn't we, Aaron? And we yeah. <laughs> we paid for her to have a telly. We still couldn't see her or anything. <laughs> we paid for her with a telly. And then she would phone us and go, Mum, there's a telly! <laughs> and we'd say, yeah, we paid for you to have a telly. I don't know how to switch it on. <laughs> And of, course, and of course, no point watching the soaps because you couldn't remember the previous episode. Well, no, you used to love EastEnders, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, but I couldn't keep up with it, so I gave up with that. <laughs> I, I mean, my next question was going to be, when did you realise that you did have memory loss? Well, I'd be told I was poorly and then forget. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I suppose you, you don't remember you've got memory loss because... I do now, and it frustrates me sometimes, but I don't know how long it took to know before I was poorly. I don't know. I mean, it was when she first came out of hospital, she was still completely and utterly on a loop. Mm. But by that point, they had done, you know, a raft of tests. Oh, she had to have a number punch. She had to have oh, a doll. Mm. Oh, a yeah, doll, doll nurse. nurse. Um, what, so what does that stand for? Deprivation, Deprivation of liberty. Yes. Because yeah. I kept ripping out my cannulas. All right. 
And uh, every time they'd put it in, I'd rip it out. They'd put it in, I'd rip it out, which is why I was giving them so much trouble. So she was given a, a, a deprivation of liberty nurse, which means somebody's just with you 24-7, making sure you don't pull your cannula. And um, <laughs> she'd forget that she was there, so she'd be talking to us, and then she'd be kind of like, there's someone here. <laughs> <laughs> and then she'd get her phone because it was on FaceTime and she'd turn it round and show us the and nurse. And then the nurse would give us a little wave. <laughs> and she'd turn it back to herself. So a lot of it, in retrospect, was very common. And I would, I would never do that. I'd <laughs> and she'd forgotten that her hamsters and, and oh, yeah. uh, gerbils had died. Oh. And every time we'd tell her, she'd get upset. <laughs> and then she'd forget again. And then she'd go, where's Hugo? And we'd go, uh... <laughs> He's dead. <It's> again. <laughs> but I even forgot how long me and my boyfriend had oh, been yeah, together. It was like nearly three years. I said, how long have we been together, babe? And he was like, oh, how long do you think? I was like, maybe nearly a year. And he was like, no, it's nearly three years. Because <laughs> I was about to ask that, did you even recognise her? And... and I thought I was still at college, but I had left two years before yeah. that. I was like, when am I going back to college? And the funniest thing was, though... And I thought I was at my grandma's because it was lockdown, so I was meant to be going to Newcastle and I was actually meant mm. to be at my grandma's on the train so in the hospital I was like my grandma's my nurse it's fine she's wasn't I yeah she's coming to see yeah. me well at first she thought she was in hospital in Newcastle and then I said no you're in the conquest you're in Hastings and she was like oh am I but because she'd been booked to go to her grand so what was remembered and what wasn't yeah. was really weird and she did she at the time she was working for a local charity that um she was supporting adults with autism and she sent them this text so this is someone who cannot remember one minute to the next and a lot of the time is not making much sense and she sent this text to her work saying um i'm in hospital i've had an episode but uh, they've told me i'll be absolutely fine in a couple of days so see you next week <laughs> and then her work phoned me and I was like, you need to completely disregard that. that. <laughs> so she obviously had some like moment of lucidity where she sent this text. That, <laughs> which was completely not true. Yes, which was completely not true. So you're 19 when this happened. You've been with your boyfriend for three years. You're holding down a job. Yeah. Wife's Well, I was very independent. Well, we and was just about it changed. to save up for a mortgage. Well, we and, were yeah. and then everything just completely went yeah. to boo. <laughs> like, and you came out of hospital, so you came back to here, but you, you had to isolate yourselves. Yeah, I was in the back of the house, like they built a shower. So our shower was in our kitchen and my bedroom. It was just horrible. Because of the dose of steroids, she didn't just have a repressed immune system, she had virtually no immune system. So if I got a cold, it could have killed yeah. me. So it was like, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic and I've got a child who doesn't have a functional immune system. <laughs> system. Fortunately, her, her bedroom is kind of tapped on the back of the house and what was a, a little laundry room, we just made it into a kitchenette and shower. Um, we had it was really funny because last summer was very hot wasn't it so yeah we and um we had a tearful goodbye at the 
the door between the laundry, what was the laundry and the main house. And I said, hi, darling. <laughs> we were both crying, weren't we? And then I came and walked out the front door. She walked out the back door. <laughs> we met and in the garden. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you all right? <laughs> so we were really lucky because the weather was so good last year. Imagine it was this summer, just within horrible. Yeah, that we spent a lot of time together at distance in, in, in the garden. Because, because you couldn't be left entirely in your own because no. you couldn't remember to take your medicines. So. Well, my boyfriend took three months off work to support me because exactly that, I wouldn't remember to take my medicine. Mm. And my alarm would go off, I'd just be like, oh, what's that for? Get rid of it. And I wouldn't take them. So all the time, have you taken your tablets? Have you taken... And our relationship chat... Oh, I'm getting upset again. Because he was my boyfriend and then he became my carer. Yeah. And, and for you, Aaron, was that kind of a, a natural transition? It was something, obviously, uh, you, need, you needed... It needed to be done. Yeah, it needed to be done. It was a bit of a shock, obviously, to the system, but it sort of... Yeah, it changed our relationship quite dramatically all of a sudden, by far. I mean, so all of this is a double-edged sword, you know. it It's incredibly lucky in a way that um, COVID <laughs> bizarrely meant like I had lost a lot of my work so I could just be very present for Lottie. Um, so some things... <laughs> about COVID was kind of beneficial to the situation. <laughs> but of course, in terms of the fact that she completely lost her liberty almost, because although she had a brain injury, you know, she could have been out in the world interacting with people. Um, that was because of COVID mm -hmm. that that couldn't happen. So that put another extra special layer of... And, yeah, I couldn't remember COVID, so I was like, why can't we go for coffee? Why can't we go shopping? Why can't we go... Why can't it be normal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So once you, you're in a hospital, you, you, you've been there, doctors are coming around, how long did it take for them to you know, like work out what you had, tell you what you well, had? in the hospital after the seizure, they tried to give me an MRI scan and I was just, obviously you have to be very still, mm. and I wasn't, and so I don't know how they tell. Well, they, I mean, they basically... gave me a lumbar puncture mm. as well. That mm. was funny, because I had one, I screamed, and then they phoned me again in the afternoon, they was like, what's happened today? I was like, oh, nothing. So I completely <laughs> yeah. forgot I'd had it. Just been bored. Yeah. <laughs> so boring here, Mum. It's so, oh, I've got a telly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh. Yeah, they basically said uh, straight away there are a couple of likely scenarios because after you've had a seizure, you can be disorientated for a certain amount of time. So because she had a very big seizure, they would expect a certain amount of disorientation for a certain amount of time. But it then went exceeded that. It exceeded that, and the disorientation was so severe that it clearly was not related to the seizure. Um, and what had triggered the seizure in the first place, of course, was also a question. So they said there are two likely scenarios. One of which is that it's um, a brain infection, so a viral 
encephalitis the other is that it's an autoimmune one so the lumbar puncture is looking for an infection hmm. in your spinal column and um, that was clear so then they sent off the special labs that look for these markers for the inter autoimmune, autoimmune. Um, and she didn't have them but then they said sometimes you've got to look for the specific markers and also if you've already been on steroids, which was put on straight away, it's already damping down the immune response, so sometimes they're just not visible. So their money was definitely on autoimmune encephalitis. And had you ever heard of encephalitis before? Never. So it was all very new. But in the beginning, I would be told I have autoimmune encephalitis. And then forget And it. I wouldn't remember, so I'd be told I'd get upset. Yep. <laughs> and then... Well, because I couldn't remember, I'd forget. Like five minutes later, I'd be like, well, "Why am I crying?" <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you again. <laughs> you, you you touched down with a kid, and as a mother, when you're holding the oxygen mask on, and the the the, the, the thoughts that ran through your mind, when you started to find out what what he had, what was your reaction? How did you? What were your thoughts? About, about the future, because you, you didn't know what the disease was, you didn't know what it was... Well, I mean, we did, We really... I mean, <laughs> until this year, so 2021, um, we had not had a face-to-face -face appointment with a neurologist because of COVID. So if you can imagine, all these really difficult conversations were taking place by phone... So I'm on the phone to a neurologist who's talking to me and my brain-injured daughter, um, who is at a distance from me because I'm not allowed to be yep. near her. I can't give her a hug. Which was horrible. Yeah. So we're looking at each other from a two-metre distance <laughs> with a phone in between us. It's both crying. Oh, both crying <laughs> with a neurologist talking us through, you know, the possible scenarios of this um, brain injury. I mean, it's completely surreal, you know, on the one hand. Um, yeah, I mean, emotionally, it has been a complete roller coaster. Um, I mean, the only thing I would say, Lot, is there's a lot of love in this family isn't there I'm and it has really for the family it has shown us that i would think about people who are in less supported and stable settings than ours and i would think god what do people do you know because if i was in one of those situations or you know and didn't have a mum who really really cared well, or just the, you know, the stability financially as well as emotionally to go, you know, and how we live, that she did have a room at the back of the house. And, you know, so in lots of ways, we had to sort of find gratitude and for, you, for where we were. Aaron taking three months of work, otherwise it would have been all on my own. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Aaron was a complete start, but it was also, <laughs> it was also difficult for you yeah. because you didn't want to be his patient you want to be his girlfriend and, and I think that's still hard for you isn't it and, and also must have been difficult because of the the memory loss the memory loop and the fact that you are living yeah, very closely together her, yeah. that must have been quite difficult at times it, for why? you 
stressful. I had to yeah. quite be very sort of patient <laughs> and sort of <laughs> just accept it and be very repetitive. We ended up just writing everything just down. Shut up, yep. babe. And then I was like, oh, just look at your book and keep looking yep. at your book. And because it got to the point on, like, I think it was the first night you were home and you was on a massive loop until like half five in the morning and I'd work at like seven. I was like, so let's just write it down. I was like, I really need to sleep. Please just read the book. Don't you forget that. Just read the book. I mean, yeah. clearly, as you can see, there's been, a, you know, a vast improvement from those early days. Mm. I mean, the early days were, they were comical in oh. a way. Whilst no, no, no. Yeah, but yeah. also a bit terrifying. Yeah. Um, you know, and so when he said, you know, three to four months strong steroids, the neurologist, and we expect a good outcome. I mean, clearly you're hanging on to that with dear life. Um, and then we could gradually see improvements, couldn't we? And then every time the steroids dropped a bit, there'd be a little wobble and then you would plateau again. Um, but yeah, it's taken a really long, long time. So where are you now in terms of specifically that memory loss well it's it's definitely not back to normal yet um it it's not it's very upset because my whole life has changed yeah mm. it has my moment to moment cognition is fine yeah. as you can tell yeah. but you would think she's absolutely normal and this is the thing when people talk about hidden disabilities you know this is an absolute classic hidden disability because because if you met Lottie and just spent half an hour with her you'd think well there's absolutely nothing, nothing wrong with her, her. there's nothing visibly wrong she's articulate she's bright then if you came back an hour later a she possibly might not remember that this ever happened um or she would only remember vague Parts aspects of it, or of it. tomorrow Maybe I think it's a week ago or right. something yeah. like that. So the passage of time is weird because that's how we lay down. We know how much time has passed because we remember, well, I had my breakfast about that time and then that happened, then I walked the dog and then I answered my emails. And you're laying that down the whole mm. time. Um, I mean, you're, it's very interesting because your brain is actually designed to forget things. You know, you cannot remember every single second of every single day. So your brain is designed to just remember only the remember important. the stuff that's yeah. important. And so you don't remember every breakfast you've ever eaten. But you might remember a birthday breakfast where you got brought pancakes with strawberries and a glass of champagne. Mm. I imagine that happens in your house. Too. Oh, no, thank you. So for all of us, you know, we then would revisit that breakfast, I would imagine, and go, oh, that was so lovely and it made me feel nice and it was so delicious. And, and so then that embeds a bit. But Lottie, somehow, she's, she's they're there, but because she can't revisit them, they then just disintegrate because that's what memories are designed to do. So if you... So, they've, so they've, they've gone and gone for good. You're not, at some point, going to remember 2020. I don't no. think so, because they've gone. I mean, if this evening we said, what did you do this afternoon? And it, Lottie would go, oh, I know I did something. 
And so then, now, it's just some. Now, I just have trouble accessing those memories. So I can remember, but I find it difficult, really difficult. So it's not automatic the way we no, we, we, no. we think back to last summer. I can remember so events. That's it's not an automatic I could say response. To, Aaron, my boyfriend, oh, what did you do today? Oh, I had work, I did this, I did that. What did you do today? Um, uh, and then with a little... I th think, think I went to town. Mm. Um, with I'd... nudging, you can get and it, prompts, can't you? Yeah. So she's just been at her grandma's in the northeast, and when I phoned, I'd say, oh, you know, what did you do today? And usually I would know, because my mother would tell me. Um, and then Lottie would say oh, I'll just go and get grandma, in order for somebody to prompt her. And then I would say, well, I know. And I said, so you went somewhere, you went somewhere with your cousin. And she'd be like, oh, okay, did I go to the shops? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, somewhere with animals. And then she'd be, oh, yeah, I went to one. And then she would say, oh, yeah, the bunnies were so cute. And, and we saw one goats. Triggers and, the other. So some, that had unlocked it, but it's not just, accessible what about travel I mean, you've, you've been up to newcastle so that actually coming back i found really really stressful for some reason the journey up there was much easier were you on your own did you do I that was yourself on my own, yeah um but coming back i found really stressful and the platforms when i got to king's cross i crossed over to st pancras to get a train obviously to ashford to get that that really confused me it was so massive and the platforms and i was just back and forward back and forward and yeah, that was quite difficult. And usually I'm absolutely fine with that. And if I couldn't find a platform, I'd just be like, oh, it's over there. But it really- Discombobulated disc And I was getting, oh, and that wouldn't have happened before. Yep. Um, and I suppose the more you panic, the kind of more- The, 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 worse, the, worse, it gets, the worse, yeah. worse it gets. It's a really, it's a balancing act, isn't it? Because- And even today, going to see my friend, I've been there so many times and I find I couldn't remember how to get there. And I have this balance between I really want Lottie to get her independence back. She was an incredibly independent young woman and I was really proud of that mm. fact. And I know she wants to be independent. So part of me is going, go on, go on, you can do it. And then the other part of me, the <laughs> mum part, is like, oh, God, don't go. Um, but, I mean, thank the Lord for mobile phones, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like today, she rang and said, Mum, I seem to be walking up and down this road and I can't work out where to go. And I said, where exactly are you? What road can you see? And I said, OK, go to the end of there, turn right, and then it goes to the left and go up the hill. So... I think because I know we're instantly connected and those sorts of things, it's not like she's going to forget, you know, that she can ring me. She's not going to forget that. So I just think it's about finding coping mechanisms, isn't it? And it's worth pushing yourself and finding out where the, the limits are, I suppose. You mm. see something that you've got well, to do. Well, yeah. But that's scary. Mm. Yes. Although I don't, I don't feel like I'm pushing... Because I do, yeah, I just want to be normal, so I don't, I don't feel like, I don't know. It's... So, it... Well, it's, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, yeah. do you remember when I took you to the shop to take your clothes back? And I think that was the first time you'd been out after COVID and everything, and you'd ordered a load of online clothes. I don't think you can remember. No. Nope. And <laughs> some of them weren't right, so I said, okay, I'll take you down to 
new look and I'll just park in Middle Street and then I was sitting in the car thinking oh my god because this was the first sort of thing you'd done independently and then the phone rang and you were like I have no idea where you are. <laughs> <laughs> so she where made it to the shop. She had done the transaction of taking the... Because I thought, is she going to get to the shop and be like, why am I here? Um, so she'd done all of that and then she came out and was like... I, but at least she she clearly did know I had taken her there. So it's... It, yeah, it's all a bit it's on a wing really and a prayer. It's not really got any rhyme or reason, does it? It's just... No. So where are you in terms of the medical journey? Um, so... They actually upped my seizure medication. Ironically, it was like the day before I had my second <laughs> seizure. <laughs> but um, you've so. been a lot, you've been a lot brighter since then, haven't mm. you? So yeah. I think that was the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, the steroids, you're nearly off them because there's no point. There isn't mm. inflammation, so you don't need those. So that means all the other. You take a lot of medication to support being on steroids because it's not good for your bones, not good for your tummy. So once you're off the steroids, all oh, that goes. goes. So that's good. Um, they actually have done a raft of tests finally, haven't they? They've done so an EEG. EEG, which is like an NKF. It's like an ECG, but for your brain. So they put loads of thingies on your... Test electrical My activity. dad took me and got in trouble because he was making me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, I mean, basically, I think now we just have to wait and see. And it, in terms of, of working, because presumably the job that you did before, that's no longer... Absolutely open, not. ...open to you. <laughs> because you would have to write a review at the end of every day. Yeah. And obviously that's responsible. You have to say exactly what happened so I cannot rely on my memory to do that and I couldn't rely on them to tell me because that that isn't the job yeah. well and yeah. they're people who are vulnerable, vulnerable themselves. so yeah so, 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 so that's what closed off do you see yourself being able to work is that a possibility I is, really, is a job I really hope so I really really do hope so yeah. yes I absolutely think you can work you just have to find the right job and you know the only job that I can think of that requires no short-term memory is something like on a production line say mm. where you're literally doing the same thing all day I don't think that's a job that would be fulfilling or make Absolutely. you very happy I think it would make you very depressed because um, I'm very very social I like to be with people yeah talking. yeah I envisage that you need something like a small employer who is happy to know that there's some additional support required mm. in order for you to be able to do your job. Mm -hmm. It's this mixing mixing memories. So you putting sort of two two parts of the day so, together in your Yes, order. my boyfriend and I on the same day we went for a walk and we saw a seal in the sea and then our local park we saw a little terrapin in the pond. I came back home and I said to my mum, I was like, Mum, I saw a seal in the pond. She was like, are you sure? I was like, yes. She was like, I don't think you did. I did. You are wrong. And she was I adamant. definitely did. She was yeah. adamant she did. I mean, the one thing that we are meant to be getting, which I think will be really good, <coughs> is to see a neuropsychologist because she hasn't seen a neuropsychologist in the whole year and whatever. Because of COVID. Um, to actually have a proper report as to where her baseline memory is 
because it's it's really hard to know whether you're improving isn't it because it's all very um and because of covid we're very quite limited to what we should be now that everything's opened up it's quite it's a bit easier to grasp and yeah because before there was nothing to remember she was at home all day every day you know what did you do today it wasn't that you can't remember it was you haven't done anything (laughs) and and, and you talk about your short-term memory being damaged your long-term memory i mean can you remember childhood can you remember college or or is it everything so i can that was funny though um in the beginning i'm not sure if i've said this because i can't remember (laughs) but in the beginning i couldn't remember how long my boyfriend and i had been together you have said that uh i thought i was still at college but i had left two years before so i was like when am i going back to college they were like um you're not (laughs) um yeah. Although you also knew you about the job as well. Oh, and then you thought you were in a previous job, didn't you? You thought you were still waitressing. Oh. Yeah, so you... Yeah, so... What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> the, the, so childhood and yeah. stuff. I think old, you do, old memories. I mean, I don't don't you, yeah, the old yeah. memories are properly embedded. And then memories from a, the sort of year before, I think, are a bit... Mm. scrambled yeah and then everything since is completely completely hit and miss going back to that um this meeting with the psychologist that will give you you i suppose that's the baseline which you can then measure future yeah because the trouble is when the neurologist for example says you know so has it improved it's it's like your gut instinct Mm. as to whether it's better or not you haven't got any scientific there's no quantifiable no, data. No, I there. don't have like you know a chart that I fill out, going how many times a day did Lottie misremember or you know. So it's a feeling rather than an actual. I, I have no forensic evidence mm. of how and this. Has sometimes improved. I feel like now we're like, oh, actually, it's quite good, and then I will have days where it's really quite bad does anybody know what causes encephalitis is the so there's viral encephalitis which is like herpes or meningitis or something like that but because mine is autoimmune my immune system misfired and thought there was an infection in my brain which it was fighting by making my brain swell up but there was actually no infection. No. I mean, I don't think they know because there are so many different autoimmune disorders, yeah. and I don't think they know what makes the immune system misfire. misfire. It's kind of fascinating, but a bit crap when it's actually <laughs> your own daughter or when you're actually living it. And I think the thing that now makes me the most sad is that I think if the short-term memories don't embed then they don't become long-term memories and then I think are you going to lose parts of your life and that I find really heartbreaking and then I have to sort of go you know what is important then is living in the now I know that's really cheesy but you know that is what everybody kind of talks about that really is and that is how you're living and I suppose because when I 
Because I'm a funeral celebrant, and when I go and talk to families, what you're talking to them about is memories. Mm. So you're talking to them about memories of somebody. And if I can't remember, is it? I know, and that is, <laughs> it's it is heartbreaking, lot, but <laughs> but you have to trust us when we say you have a really good time every day. <laughs> you you really enjoyed yourself, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> every day is brilliant. <laughs> we have a lot of fun. I think what somebody, I think Kate, you mentioned that clearly there's, there's a lot of love in the family. And I think that's just this half hour conversation that's clearly come across. Yeah. And I think the way that you've managed to turn it into a bit of a laugh as well, I suppose in many ways that's a coping mechanism. Well, you have to. I mean, we have one relative who really, every time I speak to her, she goes, oh, Lottie. Oh, that poor girl. Oh, a whole life ahead of her. And I have to just sort of go, uh, yeah, well, she's actually fine, and kind of move on because I can't cope with that. I cannot cope with being like that. Uh, it's positivity and, Because when you I know, think of it like that, it really does upset Yeah, me. yeah. yeah. Uh, and me too, which is why I have to go, no, we don't, that's not how we deal with it we deal with it with yeah. like you know but take... if we just take every day it is actually a bit easier yeah. yeah even though it's still difficult because i will see people and they're normal and i'm not you're normal <laughs> yeah but you know what i mean <laughs> but i do find that really hard it is hard to darling. it's so hard it's really hard and and you've been absolutely amazing i mean Again, when I see families and they talk about somebody who's died after a long, drawn-out illness and they very often say, you know, he or she was so brave and so stoic. And um, I think you have been <laughs> so brave and so stoic. But I also get that it's not through choice. It's just that's because the hand that's you're what being happened dealt. To me. So rather than being like... Oh, uh, I've me. got this, so you know, making it really negative. No, oh, I've got encephalitis, so I can't do this. I just... But Wadi, I think, I think you've been really brave talking to me about this, um, and it's it's quite an incredible story. But I see what's clearly obvious is that you've got a really strong support mechanism around you. One hundred percent. I'm so lucky with my family. Oh, shush, there. 